Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for the podcast, episode 42, on what has been a snowy and icy day here in the Northeast. We have Ashley Morgan from ZooMed joining us, uh, and ZooMed is headquartered in sunny Southern California, although apparently it was raining there today, but they're pretty excited about that. Um, still better than our freezing rain and snow, that's for sure. <laughs> Anyway, actually, we're super excited to have you here with us today and really, um, really looking forward to the conversation around uh, reading and education, how they work together, as well as um, as well as ZooMed's work as a supplier as well. Oh, well, I'm excited to be here. Oh, hold on. The, the, the last name is Morgan now? Uh, my last name is Rademacher. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you changed it when you got married. That's okay. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Hey, care, but I didn't change my name. You changed it <laughs> on Facebook. Facebook. It's they're both on Dude. Facebook. Well, yes. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Got married my in bad. My bad. She got she got married in secret, like William Wallace in Braveheart. <laughs> you just blew it. You blew her cover. I was gonna say that's so great. Morgan is so much easier to pronounce. <laughs> That's okay. I don't expect you to change your name for me, so that's all right. <laughs> but if you're wondering my opinion, I say Morgan. I'll that in mind. <laughs> Good start, Steve. We're off. We're we're on a roll here to start my, off. My my apologies, Ashley. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's great. Facebook deceived me again. Can everyone hear me? I just want to make sure. Can everyone hear me? <laughs> This is an, uh, an inside joke. The guys make fun of me because I'm always up in the camera, and we were just joking about that before we came on. So I'm sorry. That's me being obnoxious, and it's awkward now. Steve called Ashley the wrong name. <laughs> that's all right. But, uh, you know. We're really excited. We're really excited for this uh, 42nd episode. Still can't believe this number continues to grow. And um, the, the, you know, the, the guests, the caliber of the guests that we're having continues to grow. Ashley, you were a big deal, right? I mean... Tell us what a big deal you are. I I don't know if I'm a big deal. I I just like, like turtles and reptiles and talking about them. I don't know. That gets me where it gets me. What are your favorite? What what is your favorite reptile? That's a terrible question. I, I've asked you two terrible questions in a row. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to make you sweat starting off. And thank you for telling <laughs> me that's a terrible question. Okay. I love I. It's different like every day. You can't ask me what my favorite animal is. Um, I My first pet reptile was a green iguana when I was 10. At least like not a snake that I caught in the yard or something. Um, and, but I've had just so many different animals and I, you know, they're all so fascinating in different ways. So I like them all. Well, let's hit the pause button right there. So snake in the yard. Did you grow up in California as well or... Yeah, I grew up in uh, in San Luis Obispo County, Atascadero, okay. and um, and yeah, we there's not a ton of reptiles here, but we have some snakes here and there and lizards. So, what kind of snakes would they have been? Uh, gopher snakes, king snakes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what town is Zoomed in right now? San Luis Obispo. Okay, I lived a little south in San Diego for a few years. Oh yeah, yeah, it's I'm, nice. It's really mild here it's finally raining <laughs> that's it kev that's it you just want to know the town 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, California very well. I know the basic geography of it, you know. Mm. So if I ever head back out that way, seeing how far away I am, you know, building contacts now, of course. We're, we're right about halfway between LA and San Francisco on the coast. Okay. Okay. Right in the middle. That's on awesome. the West Coast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other side of here. That was my attempt at making fun of Kevin. I'm sorry. He's here for his for his good looks, ladies and gentlemen. He's here for his good looks. And I used to be here for my good looks. So now that Kevin's here and he's more handsome than me, I literally bring nothing to the show. And that's okay. You bring the beard. Although Presence. Kevin's got one of those, He too. has more beard than me right now. This is embarrassing. Okay. It's my wife's fault. She forces me to have it. Really? <laughs> she says, no, I can't have here, here, and I have to have here, here. Okay. Uh, there's a line in Pulp Fiction. It's like seldom do we find what's uh, pleasing to the touch, uh, and uh, and wait, wait, something like that. Like um, what we find pleasing to the eyes and pleasing to the touch are seldom the same thing, or something like that. So I hate having a beard. It's disgusting, but it looks good. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm trying she to say. Sa she says that if I don't have it, I look like a Q-tip. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Mm -hmm. Ashley, tell me, tell me what you're at. And this is, this is another horrible question. I'm going for three horrible questions in a row. And I want to preface this by saying that right away. But um, what might your average day at ZooMed for you look like? Uh, yeah, every day is different. So it's, it's hard to say. But generally, you know, I come in and, and start with taking care of the animals and, you know, cleaning water dishes and feeding and um, basic stuff like that. I've got a whole team here now, though, so um, thankfully I don't have to do it all by myself. But um, start off with that, and then I have emails. I'm also the rep for uh, zoo and vet sales now, so I'm, you know, talking with uh, representatives from from different zoos and um, organizations and stuff like that, and then working on different education projects, whether it be uh, product packaging or um, Troll and Tortoise Week, my new uh, ZooMed University program, um, uh, just all kinds of stuff. I walk Gary's dog every day. Gary's the owner of ZooMed, and at 10.30, we go for a walk. <laughs> what kind of dog is it? Uh, Jasper is Yorkie and um, Maltese mix. Okay. So very slow walk. It's uh, he's, he's pretty speedy. He's little. Yeah, little guy. But yeah, he can be quick. Yeah, and uh, okay. he loves his routine. So, you know, some days I'm taking him to the to the groomer or out to a play date, and some days I'm working out in the greenhouse for half of the day, and it just depends. I kind of um. I'm kind of a firefighter. Sometimes I just go around fixing what breaks and <laughs> so every day is really different and it's fun. I like it that way. Awesome. Can you tell us a little more about uh, ZooMed University you mentioned? That sounds really cool. Is that your baby? It, yeah, it is kind of my baby. Uh, ZooMed University is a program that we launched this year. And actually today I registered my 700th applicant. Oh, wow. And um, it's designed for retailers to teach them about animal care and then support that with med products. And oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So we, we kind of 
figured out that a lot of um, animal health issues and animal care issues were stemming from people not really understanding the care that was required and, and how to not just how to provide that, but like what products would do it. And they were getting some kind of poor information sometimes from retail associates, you know, people there working in a pet store. And so we decided to um, try to address that. So with Zoom at University, you have to work for a pet store, you have to be a retailer, and you go through this little registration page, um, have to get approved by your Zoom Ed rep. And then we start off with just basic reptile care information and then break it down by, you know, piece by piece, the habitat that's required and how you would choose the right habitat, uh, whether it's a glass cage or a screen or a yard outside or a pond or a tub or all of the different options that are available and, um, and kind of how to make those choices and then follow up with the heating that that's required and why that's important and talk about thermoregulation and things like that and then um, support that with the the products that can provide that for the animals so that retailers can can better answer their customers questions so now is this a ready-made program or is this something when they log in they can talk to you like face to face or via chat and ask specifically on this particular animal uh, right now, it's it's just a computer-based, um, ready-made program. So um, I wrote out all of the information, um, and you have to click through um, page by page. And then I broke it down into really small uh, units and segments, depending on you know what the topic is. Mm -hmm. So um, and then I choose your adventure uh, game. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you have to do it in order so that it doesn't get too repetitive, but it's complete. Because okay. sometimes, you know, you have to know about thermoregulation in order to start understanding photoregulation or um, things like that. And, and it's really essential to have the right temperature in order for animals to be able to utilize the UVB for vitamin D synthesis and, you know, so on and so forth. So um, eventually I will plan on having um, several different species on there and starting with the, the most common pet store um, pets that are available and exactly what their needs are. But right now it's just kind of basics because I would find a lot of, I think, misconceptions about reptile care. You know, people are like, well, UVB is good. So put all of it on there, put all the UVB on there. Yeah. And then we end up with animals that have eye problems um, okay. or, or animals like it hot, you know, reptiles need the heat. So people are putting tons and tons of heat on the cage and you don't necessarily, you know, heat's good, but more isn't better. There's a certain amount and, and a certain way to apply it. So, um, so, so far it's been really successful. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback and uh, I enjoy it. And, and especially reading, you know, people's comments. I've had people that say, They've been in the hobby for 20 years and they really enjoyed taking it because it's just a refresher on like the basics that that someone who hasn't been doing it for a long time doesn't really think about. So awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I didn't know, but I'm glad I do now. Right. It, is there ever a plan to open that up to the public? I, I definitely want to make um, some of it available because there's no like secrets in there. It's just that we're we're trying to sort of control mm -hmm. where it's going mm -hmm. right now. Um, 
and eventually we will. We, we also have been offering an incentive package for students to complete the program. So they okay. get a ZMU certificate and a t-shirt and a name tag and some samples and all kinds of stuff so that they can even have that, you know, and wear it at work or something so that when a customer comes in, they see that they have this education or, you know, that, that store employees have people that know things about reptile care. Awesome. Great. Yeah. I mean, my local Petco, there's one guy there that knows stuff. Every other guy, I mean, he doesn't know the difference between like a Savannah monitor and a Nile monitor. And it's, it's a little frustrating if you have a basic question. Yeah. I, I think that's not terribly unusual unfortunately no, and, and some stores don't even have one person who's really well versed and um and i think that that can be kind of um scary for those animals that they're selling because if you don't really have a good understanding of what they need then how can you be selling what yeah. they provide you know and and i think That's that right. people genuinely want to they really want to provide good care and they want to provide good information nobody's doing it maliciously but um but that bad information just gets out there and uh, it's understandable, but we'll do whatever we can to, to try to help that. Cause we really want people to have success with their pets and um, you know, get addicted like we did. Yeah, right. definitely. It's <laughs> so interesting. It's like a perfect storm of like the, um, the staff member at the store who doesn't really have the answer, but feels like they need to give their best guess at the answer and pass it off as fact, and then the person who's new to it, but instead of going to Google and trying to figure out the best sources, just wants to walk into the pet store and ask because you feel like it's easier just to get, you know, you don't have to go through all of the sifting through information. Whereas even though there's bad information online, I still think you get your best information there and you have the best chance, even if you read from Wikipedia, you know, Wikipedia is not the best place to be for information necessarily, but it's pretty darn good cons compared you to just asking somebody. Yeah, right, right, right. So uh, it's it's really interesting, and I, I think it's absolutely amazing that you guys are actually doing something so tangible and 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 so big to to try to offset that. That's amazing. So Anthony, one thing I like look at because I work in retail. Okay, so. Uh, your basic consumer, that's someone that's getting started in herpetology, you know, they want to keep a reptile. Um, they're just, they're not really into it yet. You know, they're starting to, so they don't know where to go to research it. So they're thinking that they go to the store and that's the experts, you know, people walk to my store all the time and ask me questions that are literally the easiest question in the world. I'm like, why didn't you just Google that and save yourself a trip down here in my head, you know? Um, but they're walking into these stores and they ask the questions and cause they assume that the people in the stores are trained. That's why I think this program is really, really great. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, if I have, if I need a car part or something, I go down to the auto part store and I explain what my problem is and I say, tell me what I do about this. And I hope that, you know, they're going to sell me the right thing. And, you know, I kind of put that faith in them. And I think that that's, that's pretty normal. I used to do, um, I, I've worked in pet stores before. Uh, all the way through high school and even when I was in college for a while still. And, um, you know, and I would get these questions and thankfully, you know, I was always into reptiles and the stores that I worked in um, had people that were very knowledgeable and, and took it very seriously, but, um, but not all of them do that. In fact, I think a lot of them don't, especially the, your, 
your kind of full line stores that do dog and cat, small animal and fish and reptiles over there in the corner and, um, you know, bring them in because they're cool. But if someone isn't there to, to really answer all the questions, then um, I think that people really do the best that they can. You know, they try, but, um, you know, kind of help them out and give them a little give them a little gift for for doing the program. And then <laughs> we have it's us. So you just mentioned that you were to college and you have a lot of different hats at Zoom Ed. So out of curiosity, what did you study in college and how has that kind of helped you in your current role? Uh, I went to Moorpark College and I got my degree in exotic animal training and management. And okay. uh, emphasis was on uh, both uh, uh, behavior modification and wildlife education. Oh, interesting. So uh, a real perfect fit for the educational part of what you're doing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the coolest sounding major of all time. Like the only <laughs> way that major could be cool, sound cooler is if it was like lion taming or something like that is. Awesome. Well, so this program, the exotic animal training management program, they call it EDEM is, um, it's only at this at Moorpark College. There's a zoo on campus. It's called America's Teaching Zoo. And my first semester that I had animal assignments, my first training assignment was a tiger. So um, I raised a baby Siming. I trained macaws. Um, a beaver, actually, he was one of my favorites. <laughs> the beaver. Wow. Um, That's so pretty wild. Handled, did a lot of animal training and handling. Wow, that's so, great. that's so that's amazing. I'm yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I had no idea that existed. Good to know. Man, I was so dumb when I was young. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was not, you know, I, I could not have gotten in, I'm sure. But Anthony man, and I have degrees in the fine arts. Don't tell anyone that. Gosh. You trust someone with one of your dark secrets, and then all of a sudden he's calling you Morgan and you know. Yeah, I mean, just because you studied, you know, 14th century poetry in college, it's fine. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Uh, Ashley, That's I do true. have a question from the crowd. Um, yes, so, let's go, crowd. Yeah, we have, uh, and I apologize if I pronounced the wrong, Rosendo Penalver. Uh, they asked how many acres did the Zoom Ed sit on, you know, and how much does a greenhouse like Nirvana cost to a purchase slash setup? or maintain? Those are if great you know those answers. <laughs> I, I, the property here is probably like three or four acres. I'm not really sure. Um, and the, uh, the greenhouse, I have no idea how much it costs. I don't even want to know, <laughs> but Gary, um, it, it's, it's really his passion. So <laughs> there is a lot of money that goes into it. Um, we, we've tried to set it up as far as maintenance goes to be really sustainable. We have a geothermal heating system, um, a, a bunch of different uh, thermostatically controlled vents. I have a, a program on it that will uh, send me text messages if the air temperature gets too hot or too cold, if the oh, water awesome. temperature gets too hot or too cold, if the pump fails, if the vents don't open, if the... Um, the swamp cooler system that we have uh, goes into alarm if it gets too hot. Um, I've actually got a backup program that sends me 
text message parameters just in case there's a power failure um, and there we have battery backups. And so it's, it's pretty, um, there's a lot of technology out there but we've also have a, like a huge um, sump filtration system. So we're able to, to keep, maintain our water quality that way. Um, and we try, to, we try to make it really sustainable and not utilize too many resources. It sounds like a lot, but you know, as far yeah. as how many animals that we're caring for out there, um, okay. minimal on the, those resources. Okay. Is your... Um... Is your R&D department located in your that branch there? Yes. Uh, this Here in San Luis Obispo is our main headquarters. And our R&D department <laughs> consists of uh, the animal care team and a couple of, uh, a couple of other engineers and people that, um, uh, that are involved in it. But really, the, a couple of the people, especially, that are on animal care do a lot of the research and development. And so, um, yeah, we, we work pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So it's almost How like you guys are structured that you know, a lot of you are passionate about the animals and that's kind of where you ended up as, as you are. So you all still get to work on that as part of your job while also working on these other um, areas that are might more be more tied to the, the business and education aspect. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, also, everybody who does animal care does customer service. So usually we're, we have a headset on um, and when phone calls come in, we don't have like an answering service or anything. So if you call Zoomhead customer service, you'll talk to someone who most likely has their hand in a turtle tank or cutting up food or whatever. And sometimes, you know, we got to take a break over to our computer and check on something. But um, you're going to get answers from the people that are using the products every day who are developing the products who are, um, you know, taking care of their animals. We don't have like a customer service, you know, manual that tells you all the answers. It's that sounds like a really, um, really innovative uh, structure you guys have as a business, which is really kind of cool. I think it's just evolved that way, you know, yeah. like, Oh, you're in customer service. Okay. Help take care of these animals too in your spare time. And, <laughs> um, but it, but it works out, and I think that's really probably what sets us apart is, you know, that we actually are all hobbyists. Well, yeah, and the people answering the questions are, are using some of the products and all these other things. It just seems to make sense. Yeah. Why not? Probably keeps everybody happy having to do this bunch of different things. They don't feel like they're sitting and doing the same thing either all the time. It just that sounds like a really productive um, and, and probably in some ways cost-effective way to, to do things. and and you know keep up employee morale yeah yeah it's definitely busy um and that's one of the reasons that every day is different you know i don't have like a routine because with animals you know you can't have too much of a routine or <laughs> um it, you're thrown off when things change it's and probably it's probably your your routine probably has a longer cycle is probably what it is your routine's more of like weekly or even monthly as you go through okay this habitat needs that you know etc so yeah your routine is almost in a, in a bigger scale than just focused on to a day or an hour oh yeah it definitely is we've got so i have uh seven people now that participate in the animal care um, one of them is my nutritionist, Brie Modica, and she has um, her 
master's in comparative animal nutrition. So she develops diets for ZooMed and does um, all the diets for our animals here. Um, I've got two guys that are working on a lot of R&D right now. One of them focuses on filters. One of them focuses on lights. Uh, but they also do a lot of other terrarium and habitat type research and development. Um, I've got one person that does most of uh, the customer service, like emails and stuff. So she she gets to spend a little bit more time sitting at her computer. Um, one girl who studied animal science at Cal Poly and has, uh, she does a lot of our um, social media. So she, she does our Facebook posts and uh, Twitter and all Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And she helps with animal care. Um, and then I've got a new person that just started who's mostly, he's just learning the animal stuff right now, but he'll move into customer service pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I was impressed with, everyone who I've ever met at ZooMed, like kind of has these animal-based degrees and are really bright people. They're not just salespeople, but they all have the background. And I think it's so cool because you guys, man, you guys are like the Google of the herpeticulture world. Like, Everybody would want to work for ZooMed. And I think that you probably have a great pool of people to, to, to pull from. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not always easy to find just the right person for each different you know, job. But also, I think that people start working here doing one thing. And then um, one thing that ZooMed's really good at is finding out where that person's strength is. And just kind of letting them go that way, you know. So um, I started just doing animal care and customer service, and they said, "Well, you know, we need more education, so you work on this." And and um, have gotten me a little bit less into customer service and more doing these other projects and stuff. So, um, and that goes the same with a lot of the other people on my team. Tying into that, how would somebody go about trying to get involved with ZooMed working there? Um, uh, we post jobs sometimes on our website. Uh, I don't generally hire a whole lot in the animal room because people tend to, tend to stay there. Um, and there's only so many people that I can justify having work, work on the pets, you know? Um, uh, but you know, just being involved with any kind of, uh, anywhere in the hobby, we, we always like to have people who have been involved with retail uh, that know the products and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I fell into it. I lucked out. I moved home after school and, and this job came available on a local, you know, job site. And Awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, I do have another question from somebody. Uh, same person, actually. Uh, what turtle slash tortoise species are you guys most looking forward to producing this year? Oh, that's good. Um, I there's a lot of them that I really love working with, and to me, the 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 most exciting are kind of the ones that we haven't done yet. Um, I've yet to produce the black spiny neck swamp turtle. And I've got a trio of those. The Panthatelli's uh, um, Spixi. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So hopefully, I've heard they're real hard to incubate, mm -hmm. but I've got them in a better a better setup now, and we'll see what they do. Yeah. Um, those South American species are known for having really hard shells. So the sphagnum on moist sphagnum on top for most of the incubation helps them hatch from what I get from what I've seen with other South American stuff. Now, I don't know much. Of, I don't know much about them. Do they, do they need a diapause like some of the other South American species? I've heard they need several. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That they kind of go in and out a lot. So. Okay. Kind of like a Mata Mata. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. I haven't gotten eggs from them yet, so I'm not worried about incubation until we have eggs. <laughs> yeah. um, One step at a time. Next, that I'm hoping we'll we'll breed this year. Uh, I do have another question from Chuck Horn. Does Zoomed sponsor any hobbyists who will do reviews, feedback, ambassadors, etc.? Uh, I don't know about uh, what our exactly what the policy is on that. We've had some people that are involved with like social media and um, our social media team has been working on these uh, collaborations to for reviews and things like that. So uh, sometimes we will send product out for, for reviews, but we haven't done, I don't think, a whole lot of that. Okay, thank you. And I think I had one more question from up here. There was one about the greenhouse again, um, yeah. average temperature and humidity level in the greenhouse. So the temperature, um, it can get pretty high. I've got shade cloth and a lot of uh, ventilation and everything involved. So, but everything opens up and all the coolers come on at around 80, 85 degrees. So I, I try not to let it get too much warmer than that if I can. And then I have, um, a cooling system that will come on and then the low is probably only into like the mid 60s or so and that's pretty low so usually not um, it's, it's usually not even getting quite that low and then humidity wise it, it can have a pretty good um, variety you know throughout the day so it's it's not it's really not too bad I mean it, it's it's tropical but it's not um probably average 50, 60%. It's a okay. pretty dry area that we live in here. Yeah. Um, so I guess you don't keep many species that need the the cooler winters, et cetera, if you're only letting it get down to 60 degrees or so. Those cooler species I remove from the greenhouse. Okay. Uh, and actually I have a refrigerator next door full of North American box turtles right now. Okay. So and you have an artificial... Uh, hibernation type thing going on yeah even outside the the problem with trying to to hibernate or keep animals um uh outdoors here that need that cooler temperature is it was 85 degrees last week and then it was you know 40 or 50 and um, we've, we've been able to get some to kind of go down into a hibernation. And then my fear is that then it becomes 85, they all come up and then it gets really cold really fast. So I don't wanna um, have that kind of a problem. That's why we keep them mostly in the greenhouse. We've got a couple animals that live outdoors, but they can handle it you know, a little bit better and they tend to go into a heated house at night. Think a big sulcata. 
I have another question, if that's okay. Uh-huh. So uh, ultimately, ZooMed is a business. You know, you guys sell products, and it's to help people out clearly, but it's also to make money. It's a business. Uh, mm-hmm. With the animals right now, you guys keep on hand. What's like? What's the company's mission statement with that? Are you guys, you know, when you produce animals, are they there to just be ambassadors for ZooMed? Are they going to zoos? Are you selling them to private parties ever? Things of that nature. What's the ultimate goal there? Is it conservation? They'll they'll do a few different things. Uh, Gary will sometimes trade with friends, um, other you know fellow hobbyists and stuff. Um, usually people that he's known for a long time. Most of them end up staying here. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And then we have had some that go into zoos. It just kind of depends on who's, uh, you know, who's needing what at the time. We don't sell any animals at all. Um, and, uh, and, but we do do some breeding for conservation. And so um, we're involved with the TSA and the TTBG and, um, you know, try to, to do some breeding programs with them and um, try to, supply some animals for other people that are working with those species. We've had a lot of luck with yellow blotch sawbacks, a ton of babies, and they're endangered. So uh, we're able to kind of pass those out around um, without selling them. And yeah. that, that's helpful, you know, for, right. for projects. And and we've got a, I've got a more than a dozen of them here, although a bunch of them are, have, are from the same uh, pair of bloodlines, and they're all probably female, but we'll find out. Anthony, we just got a group of those, right? Yes. A pair, yeah. Uh, trio. Yeah, trio. we have added another three, but yeah. Total of 16 at the Turtle Room now, I believe. Nice. They're really cool. Yeah, I'm a big map, I'm a big map turtle guy. I've got, oh, I think half of the animals here are Graptomus of some kind or other. There are six Barbarai, there are an Ernstie, three rings, and uh, 13 yellow blotched, a uh, couple of the subspecies formerly known as Delta Cola. Love the Graptomus. Steve, Steve's, right. <laughs> Steve's a nerd, everyone. Everybody knew that. Graptomus means map first timers out there. <laughs> Graptomus is the genus name for for map turtle. Everyone, and I have he, to learn Latin because I always thought it was Graptemis. Well, I always uh, said it. Depend, sidebar, um, briefly there, and we've had entire podcast episodes on this. I think are close to it. Um, there are multiple different correct ways to pronounce most of them, depending on which Latin school of thought you use, right. and a lot of people learn them just from reading them. So you're going to get a lot of different pronunciations because not everybody really knows how to pronounce them in Latin specifically. So you get lots of anglicized Latin with like anglicized vowel sounds. So there's like normally at least two different ways to pronounce everything, if not more. Right. Okay. And then they like, you know, will name an animal after like a German researcher and then you know, try to give it a Latin ending on the end of the name, and it's, right. it's impossible. You just eyes and hope for it. Best. Yeah, it's just right. impossible. So you, well, and then depending on which way you're pronouncing the Latin, those eyes on the end could have two different sounds. So you're throwing in, sometimes you're throwing in at least three different languages, if not more, into one scientific name. Okay. Steve's so it nerd. ends up being a mess from a pronunciation right. standpoint. Steve, I think you should write a paper on this, specifically in turtles, you know? <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh. I would read it. I've had I have a lot of questions about this. I'll talk to you about it one on one, so we don't take up uh, Ashley's time with this nonsense. <laughs> Sorry, it's not nonsense, but it's nonsense for today. 
<laughs> That's a great idea. Totally get it. No. <laughs> Ashley, what what do you think is uh, what's your favorite product right now, or the, kind of the hot product that you think people should really know about from ZoomEd? Hmm. Um. I know you have a lot of good stuff, so it's tough to narrow it down to one thing. But I know. Yeah, it is. Um, I've been. I I don't know, boy. That's tough. So, well, if you can't come up with one, we'll tweak it, and maybe you'll you'll come up with one then. All right. Is okay. there a is there a new or upcoming product that you're excited about that you can kind of tell us a little bit about that maybe nobody's heard about yet? That was good. Um, well, we've got a lot of new stuff coming out that I can't talk about yet. Okay. <laughs> but we'll be. We'd love to have you on again when you can start talking about it. <laughs> but then there'll um, be something else new that you can't tell yeah. us about. What about I, a larger turtle tub? A larger turtle tub. That's a good one. Oh, um, nailed it. A lot of pet stores, um, you know, ha even have a hard enough time carrying the turtle tub that we do um, and shipping and everything. So that's why Pete's there. Waterland tubs. Got yeah. all kinds of There's a huge price difference, though. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but because of the size. Turtle sure. tub for us. So yeah. we, get, we get the turtle tubs from him. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and, uh, you know, so he's a really good partner. And so I don't know, maybe one day we would do something larger like that. I think that there's actually some products that are um, kind of overlooked. And those those are probably more that I would want to bring light to, like excavator clay. Have you ever heard of that? So yeah, it's a yeah, they use substrate. It's it's really cool for like, you know, sub or species that burrow, like uromastics, things like that. Yeah, you can build their burrows like and harden it. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I, I think um, like the tortoise house is really cool. And I don't know if it gets mm -hmm. quite enough attention because people are trying to build their own tortoise tables, which I think is great, but not everybody has those skills or abilities. So we have the, the tortoise house that's, you know, ready to go and, um, and works out really well. Uh, working in the pet stores, I feel like if I knew about the ramp dishes, that that would be um, super helpful. There, there's a I lot of those products that, yeah, that, that people just don't even know or think about. Um, I'm also a really big fan of the UVI meter. And, uh, and I've been using that a lot more recently and um, because I'm working with zoos and stuff more. And, and I think that, that that's something that I wish was a little bit more widespread. And what product is that? The UVI meter. Okay. It, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's a, it's a little radiometer that can check the UV index of your um, your your light bulbs or the sun. So it, it lets you know what kind of exposure your animals are getting. And um, it can let you know whether you need to provide a basking site that's closer to the bulb or replace your lamp sometime soon or um, is the, the shade that is provided over the habitat uh, providing still sufficient UVB for vitamin D synthesis. So it's kind of a, um, it's kind of a handy little tool. Awesome. A lot of research went into to putting it together. So would you ever think about selling this sort of thing? I stole this idea from you guys from the video that Kenan did, and it was such a great video be able to see behind the scenes 
Like, man, that was really cool, right? So you have these ID cards hanging on your habitats uh -huh. that are like with a ring, like a book ring, and yeah. the ID cards with the information. And I, I totally stole the idea and did it just for my habitats here at home. And then I'll put like this says quarantine. So mm -hmm. if an animal should be quarantined or separated from others, things like that, we need to be careful with them. So people know too, because with you guys, you said you had seven people in there, um, different people, I'm sure, at different days and things like that coming and going. They maybe don't know what was done the day before by somebody or what new developments there are. And I just think, I think it's tremendous for being able to, you know, keep, uh, I don't know, keep up with everything and, and just be really organized. Um, and the other reason I love them too was I have one for every animal so you can take them. And if I put two animals together that are kept separately for breeding, I know that it was moved over and I don't forget that I left it in there and I can then move the tag and the animal back to its enclosure. So anyway, the reason why I'm telling you all this is uh, for my question now that I'll ask, which is, could you ever see ZoomN making something like this available, even if it was just like a template that you could buy so that you can then like on the computer, make your own ID tags like you guys do, like the pros, and then print them off and laminate them or whatever else. Sure. Yeah, sure. like a downloadable yeah. template. That's an awesome, awesome idea. Yeah. We, we did work we did on work some record forms because I wanted to try to make those available just to kind of like almost teach pet keepers the information that they should be aware of and be keeping track of and they can maybe take it in with them to the vet if they had to, you know, have a vet visit or something. These are the questions that your vet should be asking you probably. Um, and, and, you know, be able to, to save that information. Um, we recently did make, I don't know if you've ever looked at the end of a, a UVB lamp. There's a little spot that says, uh, replace. Yeah. Yeah. Data first use replace yearly. So I basically took that information and I put it on a window plane. And so it's just a very small little square and you can just like an oil change sticker. Exactly. That's what I was thinking when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> because then it's there where you can see yeah. it. And when you write it on the bulb, I mean, it's exposed to UVB for it 12 months yeah. and it fades away. <laughs> so we did it on a little window cling and um, uh, to try to help people remember. And then you can write down what lamp it is so that you can just take your sticker off with you to the pet store to buy your new lamp and um, good UVB on your, your animals. So yeah, we, we do try to to do projects like that and and um and i like that idea of just making a template available that <laughs> we could probably give you a million ideas i mean like i could ask you a hundred questions about different products and things that um would help benefit us etc but conversation for another time probably <laughs> <laughs> but i like to be thinking about those things because ultimately for me it's making sure that people are having success with their pets. And um, I think that that's, that's where it all starts with us. Um, we've gotten a little bit of criticism here and there for, you know, being a, a pet company and all that. And, um, but, but I loved animals because I loved my pets. And, and I think that a lot of people forget where they got this, this original you know, obsession with these animals where we put so much time and resources into them. Um, and I think that fostering that in kids and families is really important. So um, 
I want everyone to to just have pets and be happy with their pets and um, that's so great. Go from there. <laughs> right. I think you could see your story. I mean, you started off with like you said, the snakes in the yard and the iguana, and now look at the life that you made for yourself, and and you should be so proud. And and there's a lot of people that would be really jealous too. But I think. <laughs> you've done something really great with your life and you're doing something that a lot of people be envious and excited about. Um, I'm a little bit of both. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think anyone that would, uh, you know, give you guys a hard time at zoom ed doesn't understand what sets you guys apart. I think the educational stuff that you're doing is so amazing. Um, I wanted to ask, as far as selling your ZoomEd University idea, and I, I hate to bring the conversation back, but I just one question I had is, you have sales reps all over the United States, right? Yeah. And is are they selling like like the Northeast sales rep Tom is wonderful. I've got to know him recently better. He's a great guy, and. Um, is, is that something that like Tom or the other reps around the country would be selling to the stores as they're going there? Like, hey, we have oh, this yeah, program. They're, they're promoting it, but it's a free program. Right. We, right. we want to make it, you know, as available as possible. So, yeah, some of them are really, really good about um, about promoting it. And everybody is. So and I can see that because I approve every user that comes in mm -hmm. and I know who their rep is. So I can see the, the list of you know, who's, who's really promoting it. And, um, hopefully soon we'll, we'll start getting some feedback as to how that's helping sales, because even for them, if, if what they're concerned about is selling products, hopefully they're, they're having more success selling the right products and, um, you know, and just happier customers all around. Have you ever watched the movie Tommy boy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So I'm gonna do my best Chris Farley impersonation. Okay, I know what, what is he talking about? Am I right? Am I right, folks? Okay. So and it won't be difficult because I'm very Chris Farley like. Um, so you know, at the end of the movie, when he straps a dynamite to his chest so that he could talk to Callahan and and mm -hmm. try to sell brake pads. Okay. So um, Andrew Hermes from from Arizona Tortoise Compound. You're familiar with a Andrew? He's, he's a part of the turtle room, part of our outfit. He's a really nice guy. And he's always at the TTPG conference, which you're always at as well. As far as I know, I was there in 2015. That's when you and I first met. Um, and he, you did a presentation that was awesome. And this year you did a presentation and there was, um, all the logos of all the people that, that work with you guys for your educational stuff. And our logo wasn't on there now we don't work together in that capacity. So our logo shouldn't have been on there, but this is my plea in front of our entire audience. <laughs> to, to think about us in the future because we are very smart and, and handsome uh, in Kevin's case. And we would like to be involved and, and we're, you know, we're educators that we have people who are, uh, I mean, S Steve is, is a teacher and uh, we have all sorts of people who are in, uh, very people-oriented uh, businesses and professionals. have worked as educators for zoos. Right. And we do, and, and we put a lot of stock into the educational stuff. Obviously, our tagline, education, conservation, survival. So just saying, if there's any <laughs> way that we could be best friends, I would like to be best friends. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Does that sound good? Did I just sell a half a million brake pads? No? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you ever need a, a video guy to help out, you can use me. Look at that. The video room. guy stepping up everybody. It's like Christmas. Yay. It's <laughs> like Oprah. Everybody gets a video guy. <laughs> awesome. You well, get a video I, guy. I, I you get a video really guy. guy. But um, but he's a yeah. busy guy, too. But is he so. as handsome as Kevin? That's the question. Mm. Probably. Probably. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Don't that send him a link to this video. <laughs> uh, he's probably already got it. He totally helped me get set up. In fact, he even put lights over here so that I look good. Oh my gosh, he's so Kevin! You never would have done that, <laughs> hey, Anthony. It's all about the lighting. All about the lighting. I know. I I have a. I stole my wife's lamp from her yeah. uh, cosmetic table where she does her makeup in the morning, and I put that in front of my computer. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, honey. Like, you're doing you know, your makeup. It's really good light so that you look good on the camera because he always. He takes care of me. It's good. <laughs> That's awesome. You got to keep her there. I know. Don't don't mess it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a re I have a request from one of our viewers, uh, Ray Gergi. He's a friend of ours. Oh, I lo uh, love Ray. Ray is going into the whole Tommy Boy thing also, and he asked for you to fall through a table right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anthony. I can't do that. I got kids. I can't do that. <clears throat> Wait, did he want Ashley to do it? No, Ant. He I said, know. "Come on, Ant, fall through a table." Ashley, that's not Ray. That's not nice to say to our guest, Ray. <laughs> be a be a gentleman. You're better than that. Just saying. Get it together. Uh, um, Ashley, <laughs> I do have another question for you. Okay. Uh, being that you know you work there and you're taking care of animals all day, every day, do you have any animals at home that you take care of, or are you just overloaded? You don't care. You just do it there. They're like all your pets. Yeah. Um, no. No. I I have animals at home. Yeah, I have um, I have a little gecko room right now that I just keep some New Caledonians. Uh, I have a almost uh, about twenty month old baby, so I switched to very low needs reptiles. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Thank nice. you. Anthony and I each have fourteen month old babies. Yeah, there, she is so much fun, and she loves all the animals. I have a seventy five gallon uh, reef tank. I have a 120-pound bloodhound and a seven-month-old red-bone coonhound and two cats. Oh my gosh, you're so busy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. A puppy, a puppy, and a baby. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's dedication. They're that's great. A bloodhound keeps them in line most of the time. He's so about together. They'll be like best friends. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's it's awesome. And my daughter, she just loves all the animals. She's obsessed. Um, when she's upset, she either wants to look at the fish or she goes over to the, the gecko room door and she pounds on the door and says, geckos and signs, please. Gecko, <laughs> gecko, gecko, like, okay, let's go see the geckos. She goes in and looks at them. She can calm down a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah, definitely. My daughter just wants princess movies and her nails painted. Oh, yeah. Where did I go wrong? I got. I have Secret Life of Pets on repeat all day, every day. That's called Doggy Movie in my house. Mm. Oh, we watch Moana. Yeah, mm -hmm. Nana. Foana. Nana. Every day. My daughter. We don't have any kids, but we watch Zootopia a lot. <laughs> did, I mention, did I mention Steve's a nerd? Did I mention that to anyone? No. No. And I will own it every single day. Steve, 
I know what you guys are thinking. S Steve is not in a fight club, believe it or not. He's not. I know what you're thinking. He looks tough. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Did I kill the conversation? <laughs> I did it again, didn't I? I'm gonna, I should go and time out. Won't be the first can, time. Won't can be we get Steve time. to do Tyler Durden impressions every episode now? Tyler Durden. This has been a great episode of movie references. Which right? is tough to do with you around. You do tons of them. So, like, to call this a great episode of movie references, that's like... Oh, my God. That means it's up there. I, it was up there. I really think it was. Uh, you know what? Maybe with you and maybe you and Eric Muncher were on together. Maybe that was the only time we had more movie references. I don't know. That's true. He did do a lot, didn't he? Yeah. So, so Ashley, let me ask you another question. So you're a nice uh, young lady, and you're into reptiles and into, you know, uh, dirty reptile things like the rest of us. And we, it's always interesting to me how we kind of live this double life. Like I go to like like next weekend, I'll go to like my in-laws. And I'm just like the weird turtle guy and people like it because turtles are cool. But at the same time, they kind of think it's weird, but I have to just be normal and like not wear a turtle t-shirt and turtle hat and like have turtle poop smeared on my shirt and like <laughs> act like a normal person. So like I'm always, but I look like a lumberjack. So like, it's okay. But like, I think for like, you know, a young lady who's like a professional and has her stuff together and all that. Like, can you talk about that kind of juxtaposition, that kind of double life and how maybe some of the other things that you're into besides reptiles as well? That was like a really difficult question again, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I can handle it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, I, well, I've always been, I've always been into reptiles. And so it's just kind of how I've, I've grown up to, you know, to be like this. And, and so I've, I'm constantly like with groups of reptile people. And so I get a lot of apologies. Quiet. Shh, Ashley's here, you know, like stop being your, your, your weird, you know, self. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm used to it. Don't worry. Um, the, my family all expects it from me, you know, to be the, the turtle person and, and, or, you know, reptile person and so um i don't know i just i i kind of incorporate them into to most parts of my life i'd like to do hiking and and just be outside um like i said i have a bloodhound and we we've been we kind of taken a little bit of a break but doing some training for search and rescue with him so again just being outside walking around with the dog and I mean, he's dirtier than my reptiles. I got slobber all over me all the time. I mean, and then you start growing up and having other friends that have kids and everything, and they talk about baby slobber and barf and all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're just used to these, like, dirty, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, that's life. <laughs> and uh, I just own it. <laughs> that's great. I just think you don't necessarily – you go to, like, a, re a reptile expo, and I guess the people who are, like, really into reptiles, they're not they, – they couldn't also sit in the boardroom and necessarily – maybe they could. Maybe some could. But, I mean, there's some really charismatic people that are kind of in that world, like the herpeticulture world, but 
you see a lot of like Slayer t-shirts and neck tattoos and also, and now there's anything wrong with that, but I just think it's, it's interesting to see someone who's just kind of clean cut, clean cut, uh, like business persona, but also, you know, has dedicated their lives to reptiles. I think that's really interesting and, and, um, something that I'm happy to bring to our viewers, um, is, you know, that maybe they haven't seen you before or, um, so that's why I just wanted to speak to that. Hmm. I think my um, my goal always, uh, when I was in school and and studying wildlife education and everything, like I I think that animals are really important in the world, and I always just wanted to um, be able to convey that and and help inspire other people to see what I see that's that's so amazing about them, and. Um, and again, that came to me from from pets and my interactions with animals, and uh, not just you know farm animals and and stuff like that. But I think the exotics are are kind of ignored sometimes there, and I think that the opportunity to have them as pets. So that's why uh, that's why pets especially are really important to me, and um, I I like to be able to 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 talk to people about that, and I think that. Sometimes having the really extreme, um, you know, visual <laughs> and everything can be a bit much and overwhelming to people. So I want to be that family-friendly, you know, be able to tell everybody how how I think about it and and you know be able to have that conversation. So that's so great. Yeah. Who did you uh, look up to? As, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kev. I'll just, since I'm halfway through it, I'll just ask it. I'm sorry. We'll go to you right after. But who did you look up to um, growing up as a young girl who was interested in reptiles her whole life? Um, I love Steve Irwin. Mm -hmm. you know. um, I, I don't know. Who else? I, I also, you know, I loved all animals. So um, I, I probably... Steve Irwin is probably my favorite. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah. Pretty much standard. Yeah. What do you got, Minto? So a couple questions from the audience and a request for anybody here. I'm going to let anyone field it. It's actually pretty easy. It ties in with the movie stuff. We'll get to that after a fact. Uh, first it. question is, good. when are we going to get another insight into the ZooMed greenhouse, etc.? This person used those videos like a mantra when they're creating their enclosures. Mm. that's a good question uh i've got a ton of videos that we're working on right now and i'm hoping piece by piece that we'll be able to start doing more of that soon um but i i don't have i don't know exactly when when you'll get to see everything again okay the thank you and the second question Let's see here. Actually, a third one just popped up. But yeah, so the second question is, how many reptile species does ZooMed keep in their facility, especially tortoise species? I should have brought my list with me because I can't remember anything off the top of my head. Um, I've We've got at least 120 different species. Um, I've probably got closer to 150. And of, of turtle and, tor well, tortoise species, um, mm -hmm. I've got at least four or five, six. I've, I've got at least 10 or 12. That's legit. That's yeah. Significant. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> but the collection is uh, usually between like seven and eight hundred animals. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Definitely. Thank you. It's uh, and, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and the request is, will anybody do an Inigo Montoya impersonation? Anthony? Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Who just asked for that? We didn't even do The Princess Bride. Yeah, uh, Juan JGF. Juan JGF. Wow. We'll have to see. Juan it has to, girlfriend. It, it has to come up, you know. Fluidly. Organically, you know, we can't just we can't just drop everything for Anthony's for, not going to force an impersonation. I'm not going to do right, it. So I'm not going to. Juan, this is Juan. This is my promise to you, Juan. Okay, if you join next month and watch it, I will somehow work it in that Anthony feels necessary to say that. I will dress up like I Andre can, the Giant. I can easily do the line if we can work it into. We'll we'll try to work it in next month. Pro work it in right now. Prove it. I I will dress up like Andre the Giant, the wrestler with the with the <clears throat> with the singlet with the one strap. Mm -hmm. And the one other nipple out. Do you know what I'm talking? I'm basically the size of Andre, a couple inches shorter. Should we all dress like him? I'll dress like the guy and say like inconceivable over and over again. <laughs> That's a good idea. Inconceivable. <laughs> there you go. There's a princess bride that came up kind of organically. Yeah. Why not? Uh, <laughs> that was now we're really pushing the movie. Yeah. <laughs> movie reference game this is epic we're gonna have to like every episode has a, a like a, a subtitle it'll be like the podcast <laughs> episode 42 and then like a clever title that has to do with what we talked about or who our guest was and obviously it should be like zoom ed exclamation point exclamation point etc but now it might just have to be like, you killed my podcast prepare to die wow not bad not bad i'm not gonna laugh at it but it wasn't bad <laughs> It wasn't that, you know. Yeah, I got a small giggle. It it was it was meant for the podcast falling off the rails, you know. Right. Thanks to me, I get it. Does everyone? Do all the viewers know that Steve has six fingers on his left hand? No. See, <laughs> told you. <laughs> We're all about trivia tonight, folks. We're all about trivia. Interesting tidbits that you didn't know about Steve. Uh, wow. So I don't see any other questions in the chat currently. Um, you shouldn't say actually, that. It makes it sound like we're not popular if you say that. <laughs> I actually think we have uh, probably the most people viewing right now that we've had in a while. We get a lot of views after the fact, but currently live, we don't get a lot. We uh, have right six, now though, 687 people viewing live right now. <laughs> awesome. Actually, very, very popular. Oh, my. <laughs> Isn't that great? I'm excited. She's, okay. she's bashful. She's bashful, folks. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> oh, this is actually I do I do have a question. Are the Fly River Turtles on loan at the facility? No, we own them. Okay. What kind of question? Cold shrimp. Cold, cold. That sounds like a loaded question, man. Is that did you loan them to them and you feel like they stole them and now there's an <laughs> issue or what happened here? I want to know, I want to get to the Cole, write in to us and tell us the rest of the story. <laughs> Why would you just assume that their animals were on loan? That's what I want to know. Am I right, guys? No? Everyone's just going to be quiet. What's an interesting off? question? I'm, I'm waiting for Cole's response. Come on, Cole. You can do it. Cole's microwaving some, some pizza rolls right now and can't get back do to you that. Guys, 
Computer. Do you guys know Cole at all? I don't know Cole. Cole. I don't I know apologize. Cole. He sounds great, but I don't know. Yeah, he he tunes in a lot. Oh, he really? Comments most times. Yeah, I see him most most times. Steve, you should send him a free calendar. I was just kidding, Cole. Don't expect a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah. are officially down the rabbit trail. Yeah. Actually, no, this show. is in in tied with the uh, the calendar. Would you guys ever be interested in sending us photos we can use in future calendars? Oh my gosh, this is so great! We're putting her on yeah, put her on the, the spot. spot in front of an audience <laughs> where she has to seem agreeable and, and yeah, charitable. This is terrific. This is terrific. Wow, <laughs> Ashley, will yeah. you Ashley, will you write me a letter of recommendation? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. This is so good. <laughs> this is working out so well. <laughs> I can't believe it took us 42 episodes to realize that we could do this to people. <laughs> Where have we been? This is, so, this is so great. Oh, my God. Now, now Anthony has a new business plan. Oh. Invite people on live on-air things and ask them questions that they don't want to say no to on-air. Will you send me a case of Red River Shrimp? No. Okay. Red Shrimp. There's, there's no river in the title. Uh, Cole responded. He just this wondered if they were keeping them for a zoo, and he bought a calendar already. Laugh out and loud. We, we thank you, Cole, and the TSA thanks you. Cole, where? Oh man, now I want to know where Cole lives. I want to be his best friend. I like his style. I just thought it was interesting that he he like. I mean, it's just a question in text, but it sounds like he's like like assuming that their animal was on loan. No, he has a 15-year-old uh, fly river turtle, and he loves the species. That's awesome. They are a great species. I think there's uh, – We're working more, with one now. There have been more of them out there than people realize. But Is it, a, is it Snarf Blat? That's the one at, at Garden State, yeah. yeah. I need to talk to Chris about that because it's not pronounced that way in the movie. It's named after Little Mermaid, Snarf Blatt. Scottle, the the are you familiar with this, Kevin? You have we're a daughter. Not, we're not we're not there yet. She doesn't know Little Mermaid yet. You make your daughter watch. You make your fourteen month old daughter watch Cops every Saturday night. No. Filmed on we, location with the men and women of law enforcement. We've actually been watching The Office uh, over and over and over again, and every single time that it ends, that song, she gets up and dances. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Oh, I watched The Office like three times the whole series in the past like yeah. two months. And yeah, my daughter's dance when it comes on. You're right. That's embarrassing. As in this one with Steve Carell, not the English one. Correct. Steve yeah, the, the English one is surprisingly bad. And I actually like English comedies and things like that. But yeah, it's it's surprisingly bad, um, especially by comparison. Nothing compares to The American Office. It's the best show of all time. Pretty good. You heard it here first, folks. The Turtle Guy... Thinks it's the best show of all time. Ashley, what is the best show of all time? In your opinion. In your opinion. Because I disagree. <laughs> That's because you're dumb. Uh, listen, for me, oh. hands down, it's hands down, it's Scrubs for me. No, first of all, Scrubs is atrocious in, by comparison. First of all, Scrubs you're gonna is amazing. Zach, you're gonna compare Zach Braff, really? I met I Zach met Zach Braff? Braff in person. It was awesome. So did, so did I. He was he was awkward and it was atrocious. I was, I was at a Mets game. Oh, I met him, Donald Faison, uh, and a couple of other people. Not impressed. It was cool. Uh, not impressed. You should be. I, should I be. like you less than I did two minutes ago. I went to the movie premiere. It was awesome. 
Tell me you have free turtles. Otherwise, you're dead to me. I'm picking up a free turtle on Thursday. All right. Want to hang out? Just kidding. Sure. Ashley, I asked you a question before Kevin really interrupted. I apologize. Uh, I can watch Friends over and over again. Oh, man. I hate Unagi. Friends. <laughs> I hate Friends. That's one of our big three. It's the best. I can't talk to any of you guys, man. Sorry. I thought you would have went with Trailer Park Boys, Ashley. I really did. <laughs> Disappointed. Thought it was coming. There's there's a scene in the office actually, where I think uh, I think it's Dwight's like in a hallway and Michael like bursts and he's like, "Where's the turtle?" Yeah, and right. Dwight's like Dwight's like, "There's no turtle." He's like, "I'd see it. I drop anything for a turtle." Yeah, he said, "Now, oh, what, now I have to go look up turtles online because otherwise I'll be thrown off all day." <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody actually gets me. Yeah, <laughs> have to look Pretty up good. turtles online otherwise I'll be off all day. It's terrific. And that, that's what I'm going to tell my boss when I get fired for looking up turtles at work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just saying. Uh, Ashley, <laughs> well, do you have any? Do you have any messages you want to send out to our? Uh, what are we at? Six thousand viewers now. Oh my god! We were just at seven thousand. We must have dropped. <laughs> you started talking about the office. People got bored. <laughs> Don't believe them, Ashley. But you've probably learned that by now already. Do it like CNN when they bring on four people to talk for one minute about an important topic and nobody gets a word in, and then they give you one last chance, a last final word. Ashley, what's your final word for us? Oh, gosh. You're welcome. This, that was me completing my entire evening of, of giving you horrible setups that you had to try to navigate your way through. I'm so, sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and on that note, our final word is goodbye. Um, <laughs> well, but realistically, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. This has been a great. This is actually has been my favorite episode so far. We had fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely, good time. We're very glad to have you um, on with us here. So thank you for joining us. Um, all of our viewers out there, thank you for joining us tonight live. And uh, the next one is planned for the first Monday in February, which uh, checking my the Turtle Room calendar right here is Monday, February the 5th. And we have another great guest lined up for you. Check out um, our Facebook coming up to see who that is. And um, so for Anthony and Kevin and Ashley, I'm Steve. Have a great night.